Hello, welcome to the UCL News Podcast. I'm Claire. And I'm George. So, the autumn term is in full swing and the winter nights are starting to draw in. They are indeed, but never fear, as we've been working hard to bring you news of the latest goings-on at UCL to inspire and entertain you. This week we hear from UCL PhD student Art Stavenka, who recently appeared on the BBC programme Dragon's Den with his start-up business Old Bond London. And we also hear about a new art exhibition run by UCL's Equiano Centre, which aims to uncover the diverse histories of the capital's black and Asian populations during the 1920s and 30s. We've also got Sarah Cheney from UCL's Public Engagement Unit in the podcast with us today, who's going to be telling us about a new initiative they've got planned. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Hi. Hi. But first, as usual, we're going to kick off with the news. Researchers from UCL Medical School at the Royal Free Hospital have shown that giving one-to-one feedback to healthcare workers makes them twice as likely to clean their hands or use soap. The feedback intervention trial is the first such trial to be done in a large number of hospitals anywhere in the world. The three-year trial was carried out across 60 wards in 16 hospitals that were already implementing the English and Welsh Clean Your Hands campaign. The study basically shows that an intervention that is coupled to feedback um, basically helps improve hand hygiene by up to 18% on intensive therapy units and by up to 13% on acute care of the elderly wards. Yep, it's Um, Quite a lot of stuff in there, actually. Mm. (laughs) The work has been done by UCL academic Sheldon Stone, who's been campaigning about hand washing for a long time now, with actually a kind of amazing success across the country. Mm. Um, It's kind of it's kind of great how something so simple has had such a massive effect. Definitely. This is about the things about the the fourth, the fourth study in quite a in the last few Mm. months that that he's done. And it's just a really nice example of, of how UCL research is really making a difference to real world problems. Which leads us very nicely on to our next item, which is a new event called Focus on the Positive. Yep, uh, it's all about getting the public to decide which UCR research is most likely to make a difference out there in the real world. And we've got Sarah here to tell us all about it. Thanks, Claire. Uh, Focus on the Positive is an event funded by the EPSRC, um, and this gives the audience a chance to choose how to improve the world. So on the 30th of October, um, we have holding the event at London's Phoenix Cavendish Square, uh, where the audience will meet some of UCL's inspiring researchers who will be pitching exactly how they want to use their research to tackle real-world issues. So with the help of the host, who's stand-up comedian Lloyd Langford, the audience actually get to vote for their favourite project, and then the winning idea gets £2,000 in prize money to fix the world. Uh, a runner-up will receive £1,000 as well to take their project forward. Yeah, it sounds pretty exciting. Can you give us a sneak preview of any of the research that's being presented? Uh, Yes, I can. Uh, We have Claire McAndrew from the Bartlett School of Graduate Studies, who's pitching to work with artist Sam Winston on a public event that will help to give local communities ownership of the redeveloped Olympic Park. Uh, Then we also have Professor Yvonne Rogers from UCL Computer Science, and she plans to develop the intriguing-sounding Wisdomes, which is a project tapping into the passion that many older people have for new technology. And then other hot topics that will be explored uh, will be medical technology and climate change. And you can find out more at the event at tinyearl.com slash focus positive or follow us on Twitter at focus positive. That sounds great, especially Wisdoms. That's just, that just <laughs> sounds amazing. I'll definitely vote for that one. So do go along on the 30th of October if you can and influence the future of UCR research. 
So finally, uh, last week, lots of the UCL community were involved in different projects promoting women in science to coincide with Ada Lovelace Day, who was a 19th century mathematician and daughter of the poet Lord Byron, who became a pioneer of computing theory. Yeah, so um, Professor Uta Frith organised a Wikipedia editathon at the Royal Society to fill in the entries of legions of important female scientists, which for some reason have been missing in entirety or have only merited a few lines on Wikipedia. So the entries being written or expanded include those for Eleanor Maguire, who's Professor of Cognitive Neuroscience at UCL, um, who briefly gave every grumpy London taxi driver a glow of pride when her research proved their brains developed remarkably as they acquired the knowledge. Last week also saw the launch of the Science Girl calendar, featuring a host of UCL scientists and UCL locations. The calendar is being sold to raise money for initiatives that help girls and young women engage in STEM subjects and realise STEM careers. Um, Science Girl Calendar 2013 showcases the real face of female scientists with photographs that demonstrate the impact of their work. So the UCL people involved were Sujata Kundu, who's a chemistry alumna, Leah Han from Physics and Astronomy, Sheila Kanani, who um, is at the Mullard Space Science Laboratory, and Eleanor Stride from Mechanical Engineering. Um, And they all appear in the calendar alongside many other female scientists working around the UK. Yeah, the calendar's really great and it features some really nice photos from around UCL. So all details of how to buy the calendar can be found on the UCL News website or at www.sciencegirl.co.uk. That's girl, G-R-R-L, not G-I-R-L. It's fine. So that's all the news for this show, but stay tuned to hear Henry Rummins interview UCL PhD student Art Stavenka, whose old Bond company recently presented their innovative LED bike advertising on the hit BBC TV programme Dragon's Den. So Art, what was it like for you going into the den and facing the dragons? It was uh, quite scary, uh, but... uh, it always works with us that when it comes down to th- something important, uh, we are very calm and cool. So it was all right. And how did you prepare to go into the den? Uh, we have been actually preparing uh, ourselves uh, quite a lot. Uh, we are, It seems like uh, we've uh, watched uh, all the episodes from uh, different seasons. We've uh, written down all the answers and questions and we develop our own strategy so i would say it took us really long but at the same time there was no question in the den that perplexed us and eventually you got the investment from deborah and theo yes that's correct and so what what is going to happen with old bonds now now you've got their investment what's next for the business Uh, We're very optimistic about the business. Uh, We have a great breakthrough product. And after the den, after the show was aired, uh, we've got lots of interest for various brands and agencies and even uh, from the companies abroad. Uh, We're about to develop the new product for our business. So looks like it's going well. So Art, you went into the den with your company, Old Bond London. Would you tell me a little bit about about what Old Bond does and what your product is? Uh, so Old Bond uh, is a creative agency, creative advertising agency, which uh, organizes um, advertising campaigns for forward-thinking brands uh, with uh, breakthrough technology. Uh, so we uh, put the technology called Video Pro on uh, the wheels of the bikes and uh, do the station performances and the mobile advertising. 
and um, help brands and companies to promote themselves. So the idea is that you have a bike with LEDs on the spokes yeah. or you have four strands of LEDs yeah. and they the bike moving creates a, a That's a correct. Image. Um, but here is the breakthrough element as well, uh, which um, helps to produce video and 3D. So it's not just images. And that's why uh, the whole technology and our campaigns, uh, they provide the real wow effect in the streets. Mm. Mm. So how did Old Bond start? Where did the idea come from and how did you develop that? Uh, well, it started... Uh, one day uh, on the bank of uh, Thames River uh, when we thought that it it would be quite great to uh, use somehow uh, the fact that uh, there are about 400,000 trips, uh, cycling trips uh, made by people in London from home to work and from work to home. So we thought we might use it somehow. So we started thinking about it and tried to develop it and uh, it uh, evolved to this idea. Mm. And then what kind of what kind of support did you get for your idea? Did you did you have investment? Did you get support from UCL? What talk me through that? Uh, well, I have to say that uh, we we've got just an amazing support from UCL and uh, from UCL advances, and we were totally flabbergasted to to see it because no other university would do this and uh, we just we are just lost for words and we met a lot of people from um, other universities and uh, all of them doing their own startups but no other university in the UK helps students as much as UCL and this is far from exaggeration and uh, I also have to thank uh, particularly Lillian Shapira for all the support she's given to us uh, prices advice regarding business and uh, probably my supervisor Peter Duncan for all his understanding and you won a, a bright ideas award is is that right? yes that was um, uh, the competition held uh, in May and uh, we won this and uh, uh, after that we got uh, office space in UCL we got the loan of uh, seven thousand and and uh, five hundred pounds to buy more systems so as I said all the support from UCL was just fantastic so why did you decide to apply for Dragon's Den? What was the, what was the application process like? Uh, well, the application process was uh, quite easy. So what you need to do is just to fill in the application form on their website. Uh, but usually you don't expect somebody to call. But in our case, uh, somebody did call us. It was the BBC researcher, and he said whether we would like to uh, come down for an interview to BBC. We did. They saw that we are all right in front of the cameras, and after that we were invited to pitch in front of the dragons. And and you've had a lot of interest from from your home country, Belarus, as well. Is that right? Yes, uh, the interest is uh, really and unexpectedly overwhelming. Um, there was uh, all central newspapers uh, published this uh, information. Uh, central television is interested as well. So, yeah. This is the, the interest is kind of huge. We mm. honestly we didn't expect it. Mm. But it sounds fantastic and a great platform for your business. Yeah, hopefully. Mm. Thanks for that, Henry, and congratulations to Art and the team. It's a really great idea, and I'm sure with the Dragon's help, it will be a great success. 
And finally, the UCL Equiano Centre's Drawing Over the Colour Line project aims to look at the experience and identities of black people in Britain during the interwar period, exploring their relationship with the art world. We hear from Caroline Bressy and Gemma Romain about how they are unearthing works of art and what they tell us about black and Asian communities in London in the 20s and 30s. So I'm Gemma Romain and I'm based in the Equiano Centre in the Department of Geography at UCL and I'm a specialist researching in black diasporic and Caribbean history um, from 19th to the 21st centuries. These pieces of artwork are really interesting for what they show us about the diversity of the black experience and black presence in Britain. We're trying to find out more and more about the sitters and um, this is quite a difficult thing because unlike the artists who became famous, often the sitters didn't leave much trace of their experiences behind unless they became quite notable sort of famous artist models. So really we've got to try and find evidence of who the sitters were through the archival collections of the artists, through tracing of the artists relatives and also um, through looking at clues within the pieces of artwork. My name is Caroline Bressy and I'm a lecturer in cultural and historical geography here at UCL and my particular interests are the black presence in 19th century London. We're kicking off in 1919 because that's the year that's seemed to begin the Harlem Renaissance, which was a time when African-Americans in, in Harlem, in New York, were beginning to take a, a, what's seen as a, a cultural revolution, a cultural renaissance in New York. It was political, but it was also about jazz, about music, about art. But it wasn't just in New York, it obviously um, had an impact throughout the United States, but also in Europe. And of course people have looked at the influence of jazz in London, but what we're hoping to look at is specifically at, at artists, partly because that might represent more ordinary people. One of the pieces which we're interested in is Anne Tooth's Seated a Man from 1934. It's a representation of an ordinary man portrayed in a relaxed style, as opposed to some of the other images we often find of representing African and Asian people where they might be exoticised and um, racialised with various props and the type of clothing which people are uh, made to appear in. Here we are on Fitzroy Street, which during the interwar period was the home to various artist studios. Many of the portraits of black sitters that we're exploring would have been created in this street. We can see there was a small but significant black presence in Bloomsbury at the time, and this was mainly because of the location of the universities, uh, but also you can see a black presence in terms of theatre, singers, musicians making their headquarters here, as well as writers, political activists. One of the reasons why some black people didn't stay here is because there was a well-recognised issue of racism within the area and there was a colour bar where many black people found that they couldn't find accommodation and they were turned away. 
we have black communities throughout London in different locations, including most prominently the East End of London, who were historically employed in the shipping industry. And there was extreme racism within the shipping industry, culminating in the 1919 riots, which occurred in nine port towns across the country. And London was one of the ports that was hit by these anti-black riots. We're thinking that one of the reasons why some of the sitters might have worked with the artists was due to trying to find bits of employment to fill the gap of their um, income. These might have been people who were dockers who are looking for some work to keep them going if they can't get any dock work or ship work, or women who are working as domestic servants that are also working as artists. They're not exotic models, however they might be portrayed in those images, they're ordinary people. We've also got a fabulous video about the project which features some of the artworks that the team have uncovered so far. So check that out. And that's all we have for this show, but we'll be back in a fortnight with more news and features from around UCL. But if you want to get in touch in the meantime, please do. You can tweet us at UCL News or email us at mynews at ucl.ac.uk. Bye. Thank you.